welcome to our podcast again. Welcome, welcome to Burning Bush. Hi. Uh, we are running a little bit late today because uh, we're having to take care of some stuff for your parents, <laughs> and I'm not trying. I wasn't Why trying did you to... emphasize your like that? It was it was more a direction of whose parents it no, was. No, it was a your parents. It wasn't. It wasn't on purpose. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, so Sean was actively eating during the <laughs> during the podcast. You don't gotta tell them. They're they're never gonna figure it out. They wouldn't have known. Now you went and told them. Well, now they're gonna know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we we were running a little bit late, but it'll be all right. Uh, this episode title is Why is Pharaoh So Stupid? And this episode we're actually going to be covering four questions from Exodus. Because Exodus is Shauna's favorite book of the Bible. And she just has been going over that in her Sunday school class. So we've been sitting here coming up with questions during the entire time of her (laughs) Sunday school class. And the first one is... Why is Pharaoh so stupid? And what we mean by this is Pharaoh, out of every single time that something goes wrong and hit from his direction, never once decides, you know what, enough's enough. I'm just going to let the Hebrew children go. I'm going to sit here and just admit that I'm not winning this fight. He, he also proves that he knows that God is behind it. Because at one point, well, at several occasions, he tells Moses and Aaron to go out and pray to their God so this stops. So clearly he knows who he's up against. I think that portion is due to the Egyptians' beliefs and how they believe in multiple gods. They, they believe in uh, Anubis, the god of the dead. They believe in Ra, the god of, sun, god of the sun. I think they think that God, 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 is just the God of the Hebrews. You know what I mean? Okay, but Pharaoh saw all this stuff happening, and he knew who God was, who the Hebrews' God was. And he knew that if he didn't let them go, things were going to continue to happen. And he just... (laughs) And at one point, his followers come to him and are like, hey, are you going to continue to let this happen to us? <laughs> it's and like everyone, like, yeah. everyone put together that this is a bad idea to let us <laughs> keep going. Just, just bro, just, just let him go. <laughs> Sorry. She, she dripped on her shirt. <laughs> uh, but, um, <clears throat> it's like literally everyone besides Pharaoh is like, hey. Yo, it's a bad idea for us to keep these people under our thumb, basically. We should just let them go. And Pharaoh's just like, you know what? No, I'm a bully. I'm going to keep them. Even the, uh, what are they called? Were they, like, magicians or something? Yeah, they're, they're sorcerers that they have. He brought them in, and at a certain point, even they couldn't do what God was doing. Because God is more powerful than anyone or anything. And they're like, hey... This man, talking about Moses, really is doing God's work. And Pharaoh just dismisses them. Pharaoh's just like, ah, whatever. I'm going I'm to be a rebel. 
<laughs> and even after they escape, Pharaoh still is just so adamant about this pursuit of ruining the Hebrews' lives that he still goes after. That one was out of anger. Yeah. Because his son died. But he was warned that these things were going to happen. And Every, he still tested God. Everything that happened to the Egyptians was because of Pharaoh. Because he refused mm-hmm. to let them go. If he would have ever grown a heart, not all the plagues would have happened. Mm-mm. And it just shows how you can't go against God. I also want to say that God gave him plenty of opportunities to change his mind. Think about it. Ten plagues. <laughs> Ten. And before all of them, he asked, you gonna... Yeah. And God could have just, like, snapped his fingers and everyone dead. But he didn't. He started with just turning the water into blood. Which, yes, was gonna ruin their crops. But wasn't going to kill everyone. Mm-mm. It's... <clears throat> It's just you can't go against God. You can't go against God and win. You never do. <laughs> You're going to get burnt one way or the other. A lot of people, when it comes to the story, um, point out the scripture where, where it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But I don't think that means what everyone else is saying it means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How many times could I say mean in <laughs> one sentence? A lot. <clears throat> but I think... That that means that he allowed Pharaoh to make the evil choices that he was had already made. <clears throat> because that scripture comes in after Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and told him to let the Hebrew children go. And instead, Pharaoh made their work harder so they wouldn't have time to worship God. That was direct defiance. And God could have just struck him down right there. So when it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh had already hardened his own heart, which it also says many times in the scripture. I think God just allowed him to do that. God knew that this was going to be a story in the Bible that was going to inspire many things and lead people to Christianity. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason that even today we go through the trials that we do is to help lead others who are going through those bad things to Christianity in the end. When it comes to the plagues, <clears throat> this is what non-believers like to point out that why would you serve such an awful God? Because they always go to the plague of the firstborn. You know? The death Mm -hmm. of the firstborn. And they're always like, why would God kill thousands of babies? First of all, (laughs) Pharaoh had been killing kids since way long before that. He's like, hey, we're gonna kill every single baby boy because we don't want Jesus to be born. Was specific, I think it was just because he wanted to wipe out the Hebrews in general. It might have been at that both. point, at that point, I think it was just Hebrews. He, he was won. trying to, yeah. But anyways, he was already killing them, 
And Death of the Firstborn doesn't mention anything about babies. It's Death of the Firstborn in every family. Were there babies? <clears throat> Maybe. We can't know that. But we also know that it wasn't just babies that died. We also know how God doesn't judge unless you know right from wrong. And those little kids that died because of that aren't gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, God took an extreme step after so many warnings, after so many opportunities, after so much that already occurred. (laughs) But God could have done it like that. He could have, but he wanted to give Pharaoh... (laughs) The opportunity. The opportunity to bow down to God and to serve him and to let his people go. But he didn't. And I think I know why. Why? He was greedy. Yeah. That's entirely what it was. Yeah, he just didn't want to let go of his control of the people. <laughs> the people. They, he wanted to have his thumb over everyone. He wanted everyone to bow down to him. But Moses basically didn't do that. And he Mm -hmm. told him, hey, you got to do this. And Pharaoh didn't like that. (laughs) Pharaoh didn't like not feeling in control of everything. And it made him act fairly stupid. (laughs) And he lost his son because of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's our first question of why is Pharaoh so stupid? Now you know. He's greedy, that's why. He's greedy, he's just arrogant. <laughs> a lot of things. Ignorant. Yeah, our next question. <laughs> this one is, uh, did they ever get tired of eating manna and quail? That's a, that's a real good question. They ate it for 40 years. I could see it both ways. One, because I know that if I ate the same thing every single day... I'd be done with it. (laughs) But also, this came directly from God. So can you get tired of something that comes from God? What did manna taste like? Honey. Honey Honey and and something. So, would you get tired of it, though? Or would God just be like, all right, you're not going to get tired of this because I said so? Well, I don't think he would do that. (laughs) You think he just... Let him get tired of it and force him to eat it still? Um, I don't know. It's a long time to eat the same thing over and over again. It is, but also, I feel like I personally would wake up every morning and be grateful and thank God and praise Him for (laughs) giving me this food. Yeah. But also, (laughs) that little boy in the background... I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) But also we know from the story that the children of Israel, not very grateful. (laughs) No, they aren't. I I bet they got tired of eating that. I I just really do. I don't think it ever specifically ever says anything about them getting tired of eating manna and quail. But I bet that after like a... Not even a year. I bet they got tired of eating manna and quail. And that's it. (laughs) But 40 years of it. Okay. It was like white coriander seed 
and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. So it was like, yeah, I, I just think, I think I would get tired of it. So I don't see how they couldn't have gotten tired of it. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. That's a long time. Think about the children that were born during that time, though. When they eventually got to the <coughs> Canaan. And, and they started stopped. eating food. Yeah, first of all, manna stopped coming from the sky when they got to Canaan. So what the kids the are probably like, where's it at? <laughs> where's their food? And also, they were able to probably They didn't eat. have to be kids by that time. I know, if but... If they were born on the, 40, or on the first year, they were 40 years old. When this food that they had been eating. I know, but I'm... The children of Israel, as they were traveling, reproduced. Yeah. So I'm sure there were kids that didn't know any other food. And then when they got to Canaan, they're like, what is this? That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, like, oh, you could have a 40-year-old sitting there going, oh, what, what, what is mean. this? Yeah. What is this other food than, than quail and manna? <laughs> Why why'd the food stop coming? <laughs> Don't stop coming. <laughs> like that just had to be a weird experience just to go from only eating that for your entirety of your life. I don't think this picture is it picks it right. No, I don't think it does. Because it says it was the smallest frost. That's teeny tiny. It's almost like you just open your mouth and it's like snow coming down and it just lands in your mouth. Yeah. They would collect it though. Yeah, so it'd be like a powder. Yeah. You're eating powder. How did they eat it? <laughs> did they like cook it into things? or did? How, they... do you, how would you cook powder? I mean, is it like flour? I don't know. It's a... It's a Manna is just a weird thing in the Bible. It doesn't really give a bunch of description, but it gives enough that it makes you wonder. You know what I mean? The Lord calls it bread. Yeah. But I'm thinking that he just says bread. As a replacement for food. food. Yeah. Bread is one of the main things they ate around that time. They ate a lot of bread. It was common and it was easy to get. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't... I think you get tired of eating it, though. Probably. That's, that's a lot of just... Especially if it's all powder. It's a lot of powder. <laughs> but the children of Israel, especially with how defiant they are all the time, I think for sure got tired of it. And just, that's probably half the reason they complained all the time. <laughs> and going into more about the children of Israel... Talking about... <laughs> This one is uh, actually about Aaron specifically. Why was Aaron so adamant about giving the children of Israel an idol right away as soon as Moses went somewhere? I can't figure it out. I'm guessing <clears throat> that it was partly because all the children of Israel demanded something. That's what and Aaron was. just... Didn't want to fight him. You know what I mean? He didn't want well, to stand Moses up for basically everything. basically asks him, why'd you do this? And he's like, they asked me to. 
<laughs> and I don't get why they would want that. They didn't think Moses was coming back. They're just... <laughs> but Moses wasn't the god that they were supposed to be worshipping. No. Moses was just a man. And that's... The children of Israel don't think. And they... They like to be under captivity. And under all this stuff. And it's like, bro. What are you doing? They literally said... This God, talking about the golden cow, is the one that brought us out of Egypt. This golden calf that they, like, wasn't it just like a piece of gold that they threw in a fire or something like that? Aaron collected all of their gold jewelry and they threw it in a fire and brought it out. It was shaped like a calf. I wonder if this was, like, just a gold blob that looked kind of like a cow. And they're just like, all right, right, this is is our god now. Like, what are you... Yes, when I was teaching this in Sunday school, the kids were like, a cow? Why are they serving a cow? And I was like... You know how we said Pharaoh was so stupid? So is the children of Israel. They don't think. God brought them through so much, and they're just like, you know what? This cow did that, not God. It's it's so bad. <coughs> um, was this before or after the Ten Commandments? I don't this remember. This was after it the was Ten after? Commandments. So it was after these, this event. Well, while this was happening, Moses was up on the mountain with God while God was writing the Ten Commandments. So, it was, so it was Moses, during. <laughs> Moses brought the tablets down with him, and when he saw this happening, he threw them on the ground and they broke, because he was so mad. I I remember hearing that part of the story like when the first time I heard it, and I was just like, you know what? That's fair. That's not what whenever I used to think of it as a kid, that was not what I expected the Ten Commandment tablets to instantly have happen. God wrote the Ten Commandments literally in stone. Yeah. And then they instantly shatter. <laughs> well, what's funny to me about the story is the children of Israel, when Moses is explaining the laws to them, they're like, yes, we will do whatever God says. And then immediately create this other God. They just, they're so defiant. They're like, they're like teenagers. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> They're like, you know what? I know that you just gave me a bunch of legitimate reasonings on why I should do this, but I'm going to do what I'm going to want to do anyway. (laughs) Going into, we're going to just go straight into our our next one, because I think we keep talking about it. Probably. And it goes into, just our next question is straight up, why are the children of Israel so distrusting of God and Moses. Yeah. Like the entirety of the time. From not even very much into the into their travel. No. E- isn't even at the Red Sea they yes, da- the they Red doubt sea, Moses. They're like, "Did you bring us out here just to kill us? Just so we'll drown? Just to and drown us?" At that point, I could almost not understand, but that one is more understandable than anything and that happens, happens after. After, yeah. Because okay, yeah, you're at this point where your back's against a rock and a hard place. 
but God removes the hard place and then uses the hard place to kill the rock. Yeah. <laughs> but then, right after that, you go back to doubting. You go back right after to that, it. <laughs> they travel for a little bit, and then they're like, we're thirsty. Did you bring us out here just to die? Like, bro! <laughs> bro! And so God and Moses are like, alright, here's a tree, we're gonna throw it in this river. Bam, you can drink it now. And then, after that happens, they go to this place, I don't remember what it's called, where there are wells of water for them to continue to drink. But then they have to travel again, and after they travel again, that's when they're like, hey Moses, we're hungry, did you bring us out here to starve? Like, clearly, they don't understand that God is, God can do anything. They, these are the cho- these are God's chosen people. Yes. And they don't understand God at all. They know God made. I don't made... know if it's. Okay. Yeah. They doubt him. But also, at this point, they have been in captivity for years. So some of these people have probably been in there since they were born. So, I'm thinking maybe they don't know what to do for themselves. <laughs> now free? Now they're free. They don't know. They don't know how that works. And God just basically has given them handouts the entirety of the way. He's <laughs> like, here. Here. You Take want this. this? Take it. You want food? It's going to fall from the sky. It's going to literally fall, fall from the sky into your hand. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's weird. They continue and continue and continue to doubt him and to turn away from him. But they're still his chosen people, even to today. To this day, is what I'm trying to say. And I think that that's a good, like, example of how we as Christians are. In the modern day, people, whenever something hard comes up in their life, they instantly say... God, why didn't you take that away? Why didn't you stop that from happening right now, right then? Why didn't you do that? When it's not everything's part of God's plan. It isn't. And not everything we want is part of God's plan. I've said this before. People give Satan too much power. Some bad things that happen in your life have nothing to do with him. They're just bad things that have happened. They're just flawed people that make mistakes. Because God has given us that free will. So we can choose whatever we want to do. And sometimes those choices are bad choices. Yeah. It's like showing up to late, late to work for a month straight and then getting fired. And then saying... Satan's against me. He's working against me. I lost my job. I'm like, no, girl. Or people it's going, God, why did you, why did you? Exactly. God, why did you do this to me? You did it to yourself. <laughs> if I was God, that's what I'd be saying. It's, I didn't do it. You, you can't constantly doubt your faith. Yeah. Yes, you were, st- even when you doubt God, you were still, if you are saved and you ask for your forgiveness, you were still God's you were still God's chosen. But 
I also think there's a difference between doubting him and completely defying him. What the children of Israel do all the time. Because as humans, we have that doubt. Sometimes it just springs up. And I don't think God sees that and says, okay, that's it. You're done. We, we he understands it. We have an understanding yeah. God that knows our thoughts, knows our point of views and everything. And I think that is just something that people don't realize. Is that God understands everything that we're going through. He's not always going to be right there to take every problem and to rain our manna that we need down from the sky. But he is going to take care of us in the end. You just have to have the faith. There's a verse in there that talks about um, everything that God's going to bring them through. All the different wars with all the different people. And then it says that he's going to deliver them to a land flowing with milk and honey. And every time I read that verse, I just started to tear up because it really moves my spirit. Because through all of our trials and all these bad things that happen in our lives, God's going to bring us through that. And we're going to be better for it. And through all that, in, in this, in Exodus, they still end up there. Even though the entire time they doubt him and yeah. all that doubting does... Is make their 40 years longer. Yeah. Because if they didn't doubt him. I don't know how long it would have taken them. But it would not have taken them 40 years. And they would have had more people with them along the way. Yeah. Because after the golden calf. There was a war. Between. (laughs) Two different sides. Of the Hebrew children. They literally killed each other. Because they went against God. And it's... People don't realize how... The more you defy God or... Just... When God tells you something's going to happen, you have to put your faith, you have to put your trust, and you have to put everything towards it. A little bit of pixie dust? A little bit of pixie dust. Without the doubts. You can't sit there and constantly worry, constantly doubt, constantly put your own way in there. Yeah. You have to let go and let God. And it's a hard thing to do right there. (laughs) And I will admit that sometimes I'm like, Lord, why is this happening? (laughs) How can I possibly get something good out of this? But he's just like... You're gonna. Just wait. Just wait. Just, it's fine. Just, and I'm like, but God. And he's like, no. Stop <laughs> it. It's all about the trust that you have to give God. Trusting people in general is hard. Trusting God, who you can't physically see, is even harder, I feel like. Yeah. Especially when you first start out, because... You don't get to see all the wonders and all the things that God does until after you trust him. Uh-huh. After you put the faith in. You have it's a it's a after effect. <clears throat> Sometimes it's not even <clears throat> until after it's already happened. Yeah. And then you're like, "Hey, <laughs> that's what that was." Yeah, and I know me personally, I didn't even realize half the things that God did for me until after I was saved. Until after I took a 
outward look on the, all the things yeah. that happened in my past and could see where God had, was on, had his hands on me through everything. And it's something that you just have to look at from that godly point of view. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then you just think everything's happen chance, and it's not when you look at it. God protects everyone. Yeah. Whether you're a Christian, whether you believe in him or not, he's protecting you. Just because you don't think he's there doesn't mean he's not there. Yeah. It's, we serve an awesome God who does so many things that we don't even realize in our days. Yeah. But when you are given the truth from God, like how the Hebrew children was told that they were going to Canaan, they are going to that land. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. happen. (laughs) Yeah. And the more you put yourself in the way, the longer it takes to happen. And I think that's something that people don't like to hear. What are you saying, Jacob? We gotta get out of our own ways? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I am. (laughs) It's just true. It is. You gotta just let God do what he's gonna do. But, I'm not saying it's easy by any means. Oh, no, it's... It's definitely hard. One of the hardest things to do we're in We're going through life. something right now where we're like, is this ever going to end? Is it going to turn out the way we want it to? And it will eventually. It will. We're believing that. It will. There's also a little, when is it going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> but things happen in God's time. Yeah, not ours. And that's the thing that it's hard to realize at the time. But if you put your faith in it and you put your trust in God and in what he's got planned for you to do, you realize why you're in those search situations sometimes. And sometimes you just got to wait it out and then you'll figure out why you're in those situations. Because we go through everything in our lives for the betterment of ourselves and our spirit. And sometimes we go through things in our lives so we can help others mm-hmm. in their walk, in their spirit. And sometimes that's hard. When you have to go through pain for someone else. To help someone else's pain. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times you don't realize that during it. Yeah. You're like, why? why? Why is this happening? And then you realize it years later when it comes up in a conversation that helps someone go to God or see God in a different light. I don't think God <coughs> puts you through those things, though. And it's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't send bad things to you. But he's going to use those bad things to do his works. Yeah. You're going to do his works. You're going to minister to people because you went through that trial. Yeah. And it's hard. It's extremely hard when you're dealing with something... And you have no idea where it came from. No idea (laughs) how you got in that place. But God's going to use you. Yeah. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter who you are. If you believe in God and you trust him, he's going to use you. Even if it's something that happened, especially if it's something that happened before you got saved... I think that's where most of people yeah. learn the most. Which is weird because it's they didn't learn it in that moment. But they eventually do. 
I think that comes with the joy that you get when you ask Jesus into your life. Because it's a different kind of joy than just being happy. Being happy in the world is different than being happy in your spirit. Yeah. It's happy in your spirit is just leagues and jumps above. No, Christians are not happy all the time. No. Just because you have Jesus in your heart does not mean you're going to go around smiling every single day. No. Because life is tough. It, it is. It just is. But it means that you know you know the end of the book. You know where everything goes. You know that the battle's already been won. You're just here to help others. Yeah. That's why Christians are on the earth. To help others get to where yeah. you're going. Yeah. It, it's all about... Being a Christian... Why, was, why did Christ come back to the earth? Is to help the sinner be saved. And to be Christian is to be like Christ. So what's our goal on the earth is to help others get to heaven. Get to Christ, yeah. It's not always about what we want. <laughs> Never about what we <laughs> Never. want. Never. It's all about until our wants become aligned with God's. Yeah. yeah. It's not about what we want. Yep. And it's just it's awesome when you look at it like that. It is. It's wondrous when you look at it like that, and it's hard to believe at times. But it's really amazing. But I think that's where we're going to end this podcast. For today. For today. For today. We'll be back next week. Hopefully at 5 o'clock. We were at 5.01 today. Hey, it's just a minute past. I think that's good for us. That's pretty good for us. Uh, but if you guys have any questions, uh, you know, hop right over to our Instagram and I will, I promise that I will look at it and I will respond to you and we might even talk about it in the podcast. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see you next time at five o'clock. We're not seeing anyone. No, but if they ever we'll join. We'll talk to you next time. If, yeah. If you, if you join our, <laughs> our Twitch chat at five o'clock central standard time on Twitch. We will for sure talk to you as you chat to us. And and if you listen to us on Spotify or somewhere else, then we'll talk at you. Yeah, if you, as long as you, you message us on Instagram about it. We will for sure look at it and for sure respond to it. But, see you next time. Bye! <laughs> Bye.